Amen. All right. Well, let's open up to Hebrews chapter 11. We are doing uh, doing a series on uh, on the supernatural, and and uh, for those of you that may be new to us, I'll explain just a little bit. Uh, the beginning of every year, we always pray and ask the Lord about direction and about maybe a word or or uh, kind of direction for the new year to to be teaching and and what direction this year He wants us to go in. And um, you know, this year I heard the word supernatural, and the Lord started talking to me about that. And he was saying that this would be a year of the supernatural, and it would be a year that the supernatural would become our new natural. Amen. Meaning that, that the supernatural would be so common to us that it would be just like natural. It, would, it wouldn't be something that we have to try to do, but it would just be something that we walk in. And the last, you know, this is I guess the fifth week that we've talked about this, and you know, the first couple of weeks we talked about how that so many times that the supernatural people... When people hear that word supernatural, they automatically put, uh, they automatically kind of make it weird, you know, I mean, kind of make it odd, make it hard to reach, and, and they think it's some, something super spiritual or something. But, but hopefully, especially those first couple weeks that we talked about it, we showed you how that, that it's, you know, what I, I called it basically just simply supernatural. In other words, we're not talking about like the, and you know, the supernatural things can be the big things. But what I want you to see is this, is that the supernatural things of God um, can be anything from Him just leading you to, to call a friend and, and having the words in due season for somebody. It could be something as simple as, as you know, Him telling you to, to buy somebody lunch in a restaurant and, and not knowing that that person is really struggling and having a hard time and, and how that speaks to them to you know just minister to them so much. It's, it's the simple things of just listening and obeying God. And you know anything another way we could put it is, is this really, you know and, and we talked a lot about this last week that, that there's two realms. We live, in, we live in the natural realm, you know, this body, these, the chairs that you're sitting in, this pulpit, the, you know, this building that we're in, it is a natural thing. In other words, it's something that's physical, it's something that's natural, it's the world we live in. You know, it's, it's, you can put your hands on it, you can touch it, you can feel it, uh, you know, you're, like I said, you're sitting in a comfortable seat, that's natural. But then there's the things of God, and the things of God are not, are not natural like you know, so much of the time, the things of God, the majority of the time, the things of God are, are things that you can't necessarily touch and taste and feel. You know, they're, they're spiritual. God is a spirit, and He made us in His image. We are spirit beings. Anything that has to do with the spiritual things, anything that really has to do with God, is what we can label supernatural, because it's something that's above and beyond what we can touch and taste and feel and, and you know, and grab hold of. And, you know, that's the reason, the reason that, that a lot of people struggle with supernatural and, that, and the aspect of just, of just uh, believing God and walking in the things of God is because they have this mentality that if I can't touch it, if I can't, if I can't understand it, if, if I can't put my hands on it, then, then it's not for me. But what we have to understand is this, is that God, although He works in the natural realm, the majority of the things that God does is in the supernatural realm, and it's it's and he, then He's developing us and He's working with us and teaching us how to reach into that supernatural realm and bring those those supernatural things into our natural world. 
And it's not, it's, not a, it's not something that only the super spiritual people can do. It's something that he wants every single person that has a relationship with him to do. As a matter of fact, you are a supernatural being. If, if you are a Christian, if, you've asked Jesus, if, you, if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ and he is your Savior and, and your Lord, then you are a supernatural being because, because the Bible says that, he, that you are recreated in his image. And that, that all th- the old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that the Holy Spirit has now come to live on the inside of your natural body. So you are a supernatural being because you have, you have God living on the inside of you. Amen. And that's awesome. Amen. So every one of you are, are already a supernatural being. It's just a matter of what you, what you understand about it and learning to walk in it and learning to allow, to allow God to flow through you and to speak to you and, to, and for you to hear Him and listen to Him. You know, last week we, we talked about how that uh, we started looking at wisdom and we started talking about how there's a natural wisdom and there's a supernatural wisdom. You know, there's, there's natural wisdom that God gives us that we operate in the natural realm. And thank God for natural wisdom. Thank God for education. And thank God for, you know, what doctors know. And thank God for, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the natural side of things. We, we're not diminishing that at all. But I'm so much more thankful for the supernatural wisdom. I'm so much more thankful that God has given us something greater than just natural wisdom. You know, the Bible says that He's given us the Holy Spirit and, and that He's given us... And in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, last week, we saw that about how, that, how it said that the natural, our natural beings, our natural selves, cannot even, cannot even understand the things of the Spirit without the, without the Holy Spirit helping us. Because to the, to the flesh, to our carnal being, to our natural being, the spiritual things are foolishness. You know, Bill Johnson was talking this morning in, in our uh, foundations class that we started, and uh, and I thought it was really interesting. He's and he's actually he actually used Romans twelve one and two, and I'm, I'm going to use that in my sermon today too a little bit. But but he he made this statement, and I hadn't ever really thought about it. But when he was talking about renewing the mind, he made this statement. He said, you know, he said, have you ever really stopped to think how much different God thinks than we think? And it's not even close, really. Because here's, here's, what, here's the way God thinks. He thinks that you need to die to live. He, God thinks, God, God's thoughts are, you give to receive. God's thoughts are, if you want to be exalted, then you serve. Now, think about just those three things. Think about how the natural mind thinks. The natural mind thinks, well, if I want to, if I want to build wealth, if I want to, if I want to have a lot of money, then I got to save, save, save. I don't give, I don't give anything away. I keep it all to myself. Totally different than God's thinking. If I want to, if I want to get on the, if I want to be promoted, if I want to get to the top of the thing, man, I've got to work hard. I've got to, I've got to climb the ladder. I've got to stab people in the back. I've got to do whatever I've got to do to get there. And I don't care who I hurt on the way to the top. The business world, right? But that's not, that's totally opposite of God's way. 
You know, and, and just, and, you know, and, and our way is, you know, man, I gotta protect me and mine and myself and, and, you know, and, and nobody's gonna do nothing to me, but God's way is, you know, listen, if, 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 you know, he who, who keeps his life will lose it. But if you give your life, then, then, you know, then you'll have life. And see, so God's ways are totally different than our ways. Supernatural wisdom, godly wisdom is so much different than natural wisdom. And, you know, so last week we talked about that. We talked about the difference. Now, you can, you, can, you can definitely intermingle those. You can bring godly wisdom into natural wisdom. Because, listen, if, if you leave, and, and you better do that. Because we touched on this last week. If you leave your education up to the world, up to, the, up to natural minds, if you, put, if you just say, well, I want my kids to get an education, I want them to go to college, you know, and I, I, want them, I want them to get the best education they can, so I want to send them to the leading colleges out there, the, you know, the greatest minds, and I want to let them teach my kids all the wisdom they can. They'll come back not even knowing who God is. So you better use some supernatural wisdom in teaching your kids. Not that they shouldn't go to college, because I'm all for education as well. But I'm all for doing the education the way God wants to do it. And making sure that they get the, right, the education that God wants them to have, not just getting educated and, and having somebody preach to them for so many hours a day that there is no God and God doesn't exist and you don't need to trust in or believe in anything that you can't touch, taste, feel, and, and experience. <coughs> Amen. So, so that was what we talked about last week, and we could we could go on about that, but but I'll leave I'll leave that <laughs> I'll leave that alone for for you can go back and listen to last last week's sermon on that. But today I want to talk about I want to go another step further and talk about faith. And I know last year uh, at the beginning of last year we talked about faith for probably gosh I don't know four or five months we we ministered on faith, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rehash everything that we that we talked about at the first of last year. But, but there is a difference between having natural faith and supernatural faith. Because here, here's something that, here's the truth that, that, I mean, I'm sure all of you are aware of this. You have faith whether you realize it or not. You put faith in things every day. You used faith to get here this morning. You got in your car and put, put your key in your car and you turned it. And you believed that it was going to start, or hopefully you believed it was going to start. If, you ha- if you're having car trouble, you know, you may be praying while you're getting in your car. But most of you just jumped in it and put the key in it and turned it without even really even thinking about it. You put it into gear, you drove down the road, and you have faith in your car that ev- all the, the different systems in your car are going to function properly. You walked in the building today. You know, you got faith in this building that it's not going to collapse on you. You know, I bet none of you walked into this building thinking, well, I sure hope it don't fall down on top of me this morning. You know, you had faith when you walked in and when you sat down in the chair. I didn't see any of you picking the chair up and inspecting it and checking the legs and, and making sure that it was going to hold you up. You just sat down in it. Why? Because you have faith that a chair is going to do what it's designed to do, and that's to hold you up while you're sitting in it. You see, all of those things I just talked about, that's natural faith. You really have that kind of faith without even thinking about it. You know, that's a natural kind of faith. So we all have faith. We put faith in things every, I mean, every part of your day. You, you use faith and you have faith. 
you know, you just sometimes you don't even think about what you have faith in, but you have faith. And and listen, and you know, there's there's some things that we have faith in that we shouldn't have faith in. And a lot of us have a lot of us believe things and put our faith in things that really that we should be believing other things. And and we'll we'll touch we'll touch that. So let's look just real quick in in Hebrews chapter eleven, uh, just a couple of verses, and then and then we're going to be talking about some different aspects here this morning. Hebrews chapter eleven says this. Now faith is, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, If you'll skip down to verse verse number 6. And verse number 6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, just a couple things about faith, just real quick. Faith is not presumption or optimism. You know, we don't presume that God's going to do something just because we want him to do something. To have faith in something, you know, you have to kind of have a, you know, you you don't just presume things, you have an understanding of things, and you have a belief in things, and that way you can have faith in it. You know, it's hard to have faith not knowing what you're having faith about. Um, when you, you know, when, when you, uh, for example, if, if you put somebody, uh, if you put somebody in a, let me think how to say this, um, Joshua's roommate, uh, Keanu, he's from South Africa. And he had never seen snow. And we took him to Boone with us on, uh, at Christmas, and it snowed in Boone. And he had never, he had seen it, he had seen it like, uh, flurrying one time there in Charlotte, but, but he had never really experienced snow like very much of it. So when we went to Boone, when we took him up there at, at Christmas, um, he got to see and experience snow. And it was really neat watching him because, like, the first time he ever stepped on snow, you know, he got out of the car and the parking lot was, you know, it, 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 it had snowed like the week before and, and there was like five or six inches on the ground, uh, but the parking lot was empty or the parking lot was clean. So he stepped out. And it was interesting because we told him, we said, well, go walk in, you know. And the first time he ever walked in it, he's kind of like, you know, do I touch it? I mean, you know, what do I do with it? You know, he didn't just jump in it. You know, he kind of put his foot down and because he didn't know how it was going to respond to him. And then we told him, pick it up, you know. And, and the first time he, he picked it up and he, he made a snowball out of it or something, you know. And, and he was experiencing it for the first time. But he had no idea what it was like. And then we went we took him intertubing and, and uh, you know, down a hill there at the house. And, and uh, after a few, you know, it, about 30 minutes it went by or something and, and uh, and I see him sitting on the steps of my brother's uh, house there, and I walk over because because uh, Joshua and Noah and them were they're they're going down on the inner tubes, you know, and he's sitting there on the steps. And I go up to him, I said, I said, why aren't you why aren't you sledding, you know, why aren't you inner tubing? And he's sitting there, and his his hands he had gloves on, but uh, you know, but he just looked at me, and he says he says my hands hurt, <laughs> you know, because he had, he had got that that snow and it got so cold, and his gloves had got wet and it was cold. And so that, that coldness made his hands hurt, 
You know, if you've ever picked snow up or, or dealt with that, you know, it just gets to a point where they just hurt. Well, see, he had, never, he had never experienced that, so he didn't know what to expect in it. And see, faith, you, you know, for us, if you've ever played in snow or done, I mean, we know, we know what it is and how it works and all that stuff, so, you know, we, we didn't even think twice about it. So faith is not just presumption. You know, you have to, you have, to have a semi-understanding of it in order to know how it's going to respond to you. And faith is the same way. If you don't know that God is your healer, then guess what? You can never have faith that God can heal you. If you don't know that God is your provider, then you'll never, you'll never trust God to meet your needs. You'll always be looking for ways to do it yourself. Because you don't know that that's who He is. And, and so, so we have, you know, when it comes to faith, you know, in every area of our lives, we're going to put faith in something. It's either going to be natural or it's going to be faith in God, which would be supernatural. Amen? So, so here he tells us this. That faith, listen, faith is a, one of the definitions that, that, that I like about faith is just this. Faith is a firm persuasion. In other words, I am persuaded that God is a healer. So therefore, I believe Him, I believe in Him for healing. I believe that God is a provider. So I don't, you know, I don't just look to a job to meet my needs. I look to Him to, to meet, you know, to, to meet my needs and listen to what he tells me to do. And then, then, then the sources that he uses, he could use all kinds of different sources or all kinds of different avenues, but he is the true source of my provision. I have a firm persuasion of that. You can't convince me any other way because I'm persuaded that that's who he is. So faith is that firm persuasion. And, and here, listen, here's why faith is so powerful. Because the factor that assures us that God will act in that way is that He cannot lie and that He's faithful. So if I have Scripture on it that says that God is my healer, then I can never, I'll never doubt that He's my healer because I've got Scripture on it. And if He said it, he, He's not going to go back on His Word. If I have Scripture on the fact that He's my provider, then I'll never doubt that He's my provider because He can't go back on His Word. Now, we've, we've all, in the natural, we've all put faith in maybe somebody or something or some company, and we've had the understanding that they're going to do this, this, and this, but then all of a sudden they go back on their Word. And this, this, and this gets changed to that, that, and no. <laughs> and you paid for this, this, and this, and they're saying, well, no, it's that, that, and sorry. And what happened? They, they weren't faithful to their word, so therefore I lost trust in them. And the next time that I'm looking for somebody to do that thing, I'm not going to go to them because I don't have trust in them anymore. I'll look for somebody else. I'll look for somebody else that I consider faithful. So see, when I put my trust in God, then I can put my trust in Him knowing that He is faithful and that He'll never change His Word. Amen. If He said it, then it's settled. That's right. 
And I never have to worry about losing my trust in Him as long as I keep my eyes on Him and as long as, as long as I, I keep my faith, as long as I keep, as long as I keep my, my trust in Him, then whether, whether it happens today or tomorrow or next year or next 20 years, it doesn't matter when it happens, my trust and my faith is the fact that He said it and that settled it. Because He's faithful. And the Bible says He's not a man that He can lie. You realize God cannot lie because anything He says comes into existence. Here, here's, here's the problem people have with faith. We, we read it in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And the very first word, now, faith is. The first three words. Now, faith is. Here's the thing that people, that people miss about faith. Faith is now. Faith is not going to be. Faith is not one day. And here's why that is. We, in the natural, we live constrained with time. You know, um, there's a night in a day. There's a uh, 24-hour period. There's seven days in a week. There's, you know... 30, 31, 28, 30, 31 days in a month, depending on what month it is. There's 365 days in a year. You know, there's, you know, and, and the list goes on and on. We, we, are, we are constrained with time. For, for you and I, there's a start point and an end point. There's the day we're birthed, and there's the day that we die. And everything in between is our existence, our uh, time in the natural world. So everything is constrained with time. For God, God lives in what's called eternity. Now, for us, the problem, the, the biggest problem is that we always put eternity off to when? To the future. When we think about eternity, we think, well, that's where we're going to live one day. But now listen, God lives in eternity now. With God, there is no time. God does not have a yesterday and a tomorrow. To God, everything is now. And see, here's, here's the thing with God. When He speaks it, He doesn't speak it so that it will happen in 30 years. He speaks it, and it, and it, is, it is done in eternity right then. For us, on this timeline that we're on, we look at it and we think, we think, you know, well, Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And, you know, we look back on it and we claim, you know, well, Jesus is my healer and, G and the price was paid 2,000 years ago. But yet, for some reason, we still have the mindset and we still talk about it. And I hear people do this all the time. And I've even done it. I mean, without even really thinking about it. Here's what here's the way we talk about healing. Well, you know, well, Lord, I know I know you you know I know that healing was paid for two thousand years ago, and I know that one day I will receive mine. So we, we go from the past to the future and we bypass the now. Now where's God? God's in the now. And we always want to put things off to the future. We're always talking about one day when I get blessed. One day when God heals me. One day when this happens. 
And we're stretching this timeline out, and God is here in the middle saying, but what about now? You know, for the supernatural, see, and that's, that's why we talk about, that's why I believe the Lord was telling us for this year, He wants us, He wants the supernatural to become our natural. Why? Because the supernatural is now. It's where God is. It's who God is. It's when God does something, He does it now. And, but the question is, how do we access that? If, if it's now and God's done it, and you see, because in God's eyes, see that, and, and that, when we try to understand God with our minds, the natural, when we try to understand supernatural things with the natural mind, here's what, here's where we mess up. In God's eyes, when God, when God gave Jesus to come and die on the cross, and when Jesus died on the cross, and Jesus took His blood to heaven and, and, and put, his, put, the, put his, his perfect blood on the, on the mercy seat of heaven and God accepted that sacrifice once and for all time for the penalty of sin. God accepted that. In His mind, in God's mind at that moment, every person that had ever lived could accept and could, could benefit from, that, from the forgiveness of sins from that moment, past, present, and future. In God's eyes, there'll never be a time when God has to forgive you of another sin. Well, Pastor, what about, what about if I go home and fuss at my wife today? Or what about if I go home and do something next week or next month? You know, won't He have to forgive me of that? No. Because in His mind, when, when He accepted that sacrifice, forgiveness of sin happened. Forever. And it wasn't that one day, you know, it wasn't like every day God wakes up and says, oh, I've got to forgive people of their sin today. No. In, in, the, in eternity, where God lives, He forgave sin. The Bible says He did it once and for all. He'll never have to forgive another sin. Because in His mind, sins are forgiven. In His mind... The penalty, the, the, the price for healing has been paid. Why? Because Jesus took the stripes on His back and God accepted that as payment. And because God accepted that, that's the reason the Scripture says that by His stripes we were healed. And, and Peter, you know, looking back, looking back on it, he says by, by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. You know what I mean? And it was past and present looking back on it. But in God's eyes, here's, what, here's the way God sees it. God doesn't say you were or you will be. God says you are. Amen. Because in, in eternity, faith, God, is now. And right now, your sins are forgiven. Right now, you are healed. Right now, you're delivered. Right now, you're prosperous. Right now, you're, you're healthy. Right now, you have everything that God has ever, that you ever need. You have it right now. Amen. Pastor, that's wonderful. But I don't have it. <laughs> you know, how do I get it? If I've got it, how do I get it, right? Well, the answer to that is you get it by faith. Hebrews eleven six. Now look at this. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. 
The, the, Amplified says, the Amplified says that it's impossible to please or to be satisfactory to Him. I was reading this last night, and, uh, and early this morning I got up and I was reading this again, and, and this stood out, and I don't know that it's ever jumped out at me like this before, but I was thinking about how God is now. And God is, you know, and, and everything that I just talked to you about. How God is now. Notice the rest of this verse. It says, For he who cometh to God must believe that God one day will do something. That's not what it says. It says that he who comes to God must believe that what? That God is. Now, that little... I don't, now, I'm not an English major, and some of y'all will correct me by this, I'm sure. Correct me if I'm saying this wrong. But that little word is, couldn't we say that that word, it, that word is not was... Present tense. That word was not. That word was not. Will be. If you're going to come to God, but you don't believe that God one day will be, you don't believe that God was that one day. But what you have to believe that God is. Present tense. Today. Now. Not tomorrow. Not last week. But you have to believe that He is now. And it goes on to say this. And that He is, there's that word again, a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. It didn't say that, that He was a rewarder and He rewarded Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Elijah. And, and he, yeah, He rewarded Jesus because that's, that was Jesus and Paul and, and Timothy and, and all those guys, John, because they were, they were disciples, they were apostles. He rewarded them, but, but He's not rewarding me. Or, you know, yeah, he rewarded, you know, I'm sure Billy Graham will get his reward, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, all those guys will get their reward. But he says, if you're going to receive anything from God, you've got to believe that God is, present tense, and that He is, present tense, a rewarder. In other words, see, what we've done, and probably everybody in this room has said this and prayed this and, and you know, or at least heard somebody do it. Some of you all may not have done that. But every one of us have made the comment, well, one day I'll get, my, I'll get my healing. Now let me ask you the question, just based on what we just talked about. Is that faith? No. Why? Because faith is now. Faith isn't future tense. And listen, and here's what happens... And, and I've and, and listen, I've I've done this. I mean, I I'm preaching to myself more than more than I'm preaching to anybody this morning, and I'm learning this. Here's what's happened: when we don't, when we pray and ask God to do something, and we don't see that instant manifestation, all of a sudden we make up new theology because we can't be wrong. And my new theology is this. Instead of saying God is a rewarder now and I've got it now, my new, my new theology is this. Well, I know one day I'll get, the, I'll get the full manifestation of it. And we start making excuses why we didn't receive it. And our theology starts being based off experience instead of off the Word of God. And we've moved faith into the future saying one day I'll get it. And really, in all sincerity, here's what we're saying. Well, when God starts doing what He's supposed to do, then I'll receive it. Now, none of us would ever say that. 
But isn't, but isn't that what we're saying? If faith is now, anything that we put off to tomorrow is not faith. Amen or oh me, right? Listen, if God only wanted us to live in the natural realm, He never would have given us faith. He never would have, he never would have told us to believe Him. Because you know what? In reality, you really and truly don't have to have faith to sit in that chair. You just sit down in it. Why? Because it's natural. It's, I mean, it's made out of material. You know, you don't have to have faith to grab hold of it and say, I got a hold of a chair. But you know what? You got to have faith to say, I, grab, I got hold of my healing. Why? Because healing's not something that you, can, that you can grab hold of like this. Healing is supernatural. In other words, healing is something that's in the spirit realm, and we've got to reach into that spirit realm. How? Do we reach, do we reach out and pull out a book? Or do we reach out and pull out something, something natural, something material? No. We reach out and pull out something spiritual. And the only way we can do that, the only way that we'll be pleasing to God, the only way that we're going to receive from God is how? By faith. And what is faith? Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is a confidence. Faith is an expectation that God is now. And now is when I'm receiving it. Now is when I get it. Because in God's eyes, now is where we are. There will never be, listen, there will never be any time with God except for right now. Why? Because He's in eternity. God lives in eternity. With, think about it like this. <clears throat> I, I, I was going to bring a piece of rope and I forgot to. If you had, if you had a piece of rope and you stretched it out, there's a beginning point and an end point. That's natural. That's our lives. We, we were birthed, and one day, if Jesus tarries is coming, we're going to die. You know, there's a beginning and an ending. You go to a graveyard, and you see, you know, tombstones all over. That shows the birth date and the end date, the death date. A beginning and ending. But God does not have, the Bible says He doesn't have a beginning, and He doesn't have an ending. It's kind of like a circle. This ring. You see, this ring doesn't have... You can't tell where this ring begins or ends. Why? Because it's, it's a solid circle. There's no beginning and there's no ending. Right? This is where God lives. He lives right smack dab in the middle of this. No beginning, no ending. He just is. And if we're going to receive anything from Him, we have, to, we have to receive it when? Now. In the spiritual realm, see, and, and turn, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Let me show you this again. Because I'm blowing some of your minds, I know. And I want to show you why I'm blowing your mind. Because we, we saw this last week. 
in uh, sec, or 1 Corinthians 2.14. And let, just for the sake of time, let's just look at it from, uh, from the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says this, But the natural, non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and the teachings and the revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly, they're meaningless, they're nonsense to him. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them, because they are spiritually discerned and esteemed and appreciated. If you try to understand the things of God with the natural mind only, you'll struggle. I mean, you'll shake your head and you'll say, I do not understand. I, I mean, I don't. I, how, you know, how, how, can, how, how can you say that God is now and that I have to receive it now and it's not going to be in the future and, and if, I, if I say it's in the future, if I'm going to receive it one day, it's not faith. How do you say that? By faith. By faith. I, the only way I can receive anything from God is by faith. Now, have I messed y'all up? I mean, are you are you are you following? If if we if we try if we if we try to walk in the supernatural with a natural mind, we'll always struggle. We'll have to start manipulating people. We'll have to start, you know, twisting words to so that people will, so that people will, you know, so that we can start making excuses why this didn't happen and that didn't happen. But if we get to the place where where we can renew our minds and and see, because what happens? Well, Pastor, I can't understand that. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I can't grasp that. What do I need to do? You need to renew your mind to the way God thinks. How do you renew your mind to the way God thinks? By getting in His Word. Look at Romans 12. Romans. It was before Corinthians. I was looking after Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul said this, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 is really the one, I mean, we could say a lot about that, but verse 2. He says this, and be not conformed to this world. In other words, let's, let's just insert there... Um, well, actually, look at the look at the amplified version, and maybe that'll it'll clear that up. The amplified in verse two says this: "Do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs." 
Or, you could, or, or we could say it this way. We, we could say, don't think like the world thinks. Right? But, be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. I love the... Anytime I read this, i got to read the, the message translation. Put the message translation up from that. I, I love this. It says, listen to what the message says. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I talked about earlier, remember I talked about earlier how natural faith, we get in a car and turn the key and drive without even thinking about the brake system, the, electric, the electrical system, the, the internal combustion of your engine, all these things. Listen, you, I mean, a car is a marvel. <laughs> you get in a car and there's a thousand different things that's got to happen in order to, to get you from your house to church. And how many of you thought about all those things this morning? Probably not one of you. Why? You didn't even, you, you're so accustomed to it, you don't even think about it. You get in, turn the key, and go. He says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. And, and, and we could, for, for the sake of what we're talking about, we could say it this way. Don't become so, so accustomed to the natural realm that you do everything natural without even thinking about the supernatural. Or without even thinking about God. Listen, you realize probably... Well, I, I, no, I'll say everybody. Everybody in this room could live your life without God. You could, go, you could go this next week and not think about God one time, and we could meet back here next Sunday morning. And the sad reality is probably the majority of people would say there wasn't any difference this week than last week. Now, is that truth or not? Because, because listen... You don't have to, you, you don't put faith, you don't have faith that your heart's going to beat. You don't think about it until something happens to your heart. You don't put faith that your lungs are going to filter air properly until something happens to your lungs. Then you start thinking about it. You don't put faith, you know, you don't put faith in the fact that, that you can get out of bed and, and start walking on, on your legs and on your feet until something happens to your feet or your knees or your hips. In other words, natural faith, we, we, you know, we get up, we, we go to bed at night, we get up the next morning, we fix breakfast, we get in our cars, we go to work, we come home, we turn the TV on, watch a little TV or, or read a book, go back to bed, get up the next morning, same thing. And truth be told, if we forgot about God for a week, in the natural world, we would be okay. I mean, we could do it. But it's not smart to do that. You know, so what he's saying here is don't become so well-adjusted to, to your culture. Don't become so well-adjusted to life and just get so comfortable with life that you forget about God. 
that you just say, hey, my job's meeting my needs and I don't have to, I don't have to pray because I got a good job and I make good money and I don't really pray about money because it just comes in and I pay my bills and, and I'm not struggling and I don't even really think about it. Until something happens and you don't have enough money. Then all of a sudden it's, oh God. Don't become so well adjusted to the natural, to, to your life, that you, that, that you just fit into it and you live your life without God even being a second thought. Instead, fix your attention on God. What will that do? You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Now listen, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. How do we incorporate God in our life? We have to do it by faith. We have to have a belief in Him. We have to have a, I, 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 I have to have a persuasion that I need God today more than I needed Him yesterday. If I'm not persuaded I need God then I won't, I won't get up early and pray. I won't, take, I won't take the time out of my day to read my Bible. I'll just do everything natural. Listen, man, I'm out of time. I went, I went, we went to a ball game yesterday and watched a couple ball games. And uh, there, was a, um, you know, there was a play like at this, what I want to talk about happened before this, but, but like in, in the varsity game, there was a play, man, where this guy made a slam dunk over this other dude, man. And, I mean, it got me up out of my chair. I was so excited. You know, I mean, this, it was just an incredible play. I mean, it was just like, you know, everybody in the crowd went crazy, you know. And, and you know, when you get excited about something, you, you want to show it, right? Well, I, I, got, there, I got there early, and, and uh, the rest of my family, they went to do something else. They were doing a tour. and I, I went to watch another, I was watching the early ball game. And I was just sitting there watching this game, minding my own business, and there was two girls sitting behind me talking. And, uh, and they were just carrying on a conversation, and, and it was loud enough to where I could overhear it. I wasn't trying to eavesdrop. I, just, I could overhear what because they were sitting like right behind me in the bleachers. And this one girl, they, I don't know, they could have been high school students, and they may have been a little bit older than that, maybe college, I don't know. But, but they were having this conversation, and one of them was talking about, well, I'm having this trouble, and I'm having this pain, and I went to the doctor, and, you know, he sent me to this specialist, and da-da-da, and, you know, and they gave me this medicine. I went online and researched his medicine, and, you know, and here's what the side effects are, and here's what's happening, and, and sure enough, I'm having this side effect, and sure enough, all this happened. And she went on and on and on about, about this, you know. She was carrying on this long conversation. And this other girl that she was talking to hadn't said anything hardly the whole time. And then finally, finally this other girl that she was talking to, kind of uh, the other girl, I guess, stopped to take a breath or something and she, she could get a word in. And this other girl just looked at her and said, and, and I, they're behind me so I couldn't see facial expressions, but, but, but the other girl just stopped and, and she, the one girl that was telling the story just stopped for a second. And the other girl just made this one statement. She says, she says well, what did God say about it? Boy, I wanted to jump up and give her a high five. Come on, yeah, that's it. Because for five or ten minutes, this girl went on and on and on about everything natural. The doctor, internet, the paper said this. And sure enough, here's my symptoms. And now I've got this. And now this is happening. And now that's happening. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
On and on and on. Not one word about God. And then her friend just interjects, well, what did God say about it? And you know what the other girl said? I, I could just see her face. I, I, they were, I wanted to turn around and look, but I didn't. But I could, say, I, I could imagine here would be her face. God. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Don't fit into the culture. Don't fit into life without giving God a chance to do something in your life. You Listen, can you live your life without the supernatural? Yes, you can. You can, you can go along like everybody else in the world. You can go along. Listen, people without God do it every day. Right? I mean, they live their life. They do their thing. They work. They, they in their own strength, their own ability... They, they live their life, and yeah, they may struggle, and they may do this, or they may do that. But you know, they live their life without God. The sad reality is that many Christians live their day-to-day life without God. Listen, you don't have to have the supernatural. But if you want to please God, and you want His best, and you want to walk in the in the in this book and what this book says, then you know what? It's impossible. It is impossible to please God living in the natural. You cannot live your life 100% in the natural, in the carnal way of doing things and be pleasing to God. Because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And if you're going to receive anything from God, you can go to the book of James. James talks about being single-minded. Think, in other words, in other words, you know, having your mind on Him. You can't have your mind on God and the world and expect to receive everything godly. One of the statements, another statement Bill Johnson said in that thing this morning was this, is that you will reflect the nature of the world that you're most aware of. Think about it. You will reflect the nature of the world you're most aware of. And I've said this before, and, and you've heard me say it many times, but if you've got chaos and, and, and uh, drama and, and all this stuff in your life, then you're not reflecting the supernatural things. Amen. If you want to reflect God and you want to reflect the things of God, then you've got to have your mind on Him. And if you're going to receive anything from God, you have to do it by faith. Man, I, did, I, I got a third, third way. I'm getting bad at this. I'm not getting to any of my notes. <clears throat> but if you want to receive anything from God, it's going to have to be by faith. It's going to have to be in a, you're, you're going to have to become fully persuaded that God is now, and it's now, it's not going to be tomorrow, it's not going to be next week. And, and then I know, and listen, I, I hear the question. I, I heard five people just ask that in their mind. Well, what happens if you don't receive it now? You know what happens if you don't receive it now? You say, you, you, you keep saying, it's mine now. And if I don't receive it, if I don't, if I don't have that full manifestation right now, then you know what? Tomorrow I'll get up saying, I believe now is the day too. And I'm going to keep saying now. I'm not going to say one day. But my faith is every, every moment I get is going to be, I've got it right now. 
And if I walk through this life, listen, I'm telling you guys, I, you know, there, there's, been, there's been people in my life that, uh, that, that, I've, that I've seen, you know, my, my father-in-law, my, even my dad, you know, th- those guys, both, both my father-in-law and my dad, they were great men of God. And each had their own, th- the ways they trusted God and believed God. But one thing I know with both of those men, and I, and I pray that at the end of my life I'll, that, that people will be able to say about this about me, both of those men, my father-in-law and my dad, I believe both of them, the day, they drew, the, the, the day that they drew their last breath, I believe they drew their last breath believing God. Both of them believe God as their healer. Maybe in different ways. But both of them believe God. And you know what? At the end of my life, I, I never want it to be said that, that well, he used to believe and he don't believe anymore. I want it to be said that, you know what, his whole life, whether, whether he received everything or whether he received nothing, he believed that God was his healer, he believed God was his provider, he believed God was his refuge, his strength, that he put his faith in God. And friend, listen, there's, you, you have two choices. You put your faith in God or you put it in the world. And really, we don't like to say this, but you can say it a different way. You can say you put your faith in God or you put your faith in the enemy. I mean, there's, you know, because the world, the natural world, he's the God of this world and the ways of this world. And you're either putting your trust in, your faith in God or you're putting it in him. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's side. We've said this over and over. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, Moses said, I've I've put before you life and death. Please, please, please choose life. Don't choose death. Don't forsake God. Choose life. I don't know whether whether I helped you or confused you. (laughs) We'll, We'll pick up next week and I'll maybe preach the other half of my notes. So... So we'll see, but but we'll talk more about this next week. But but faith, put you know, put your faith, get that firm persuasion in your heart that that faith is right now, that God is right now, that healing is for right now, that deliverance is for right now. And by faith, just reach up and grab hold of it and say, God, I, I believe I've got it now. Amen. Let me pray for you. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Father, just um, for giving us insight, Lord, into the supernatural, into your way of thinking, into your way of, of doing things. I pray, Father, for everyone that's here. I pray, Lord, that, um, Lord, that this would just, that it would stir all of us up to put our faith in the now. To realize, Lord, if I'm going to receive anything, I'm going to receive it right now. Because you are now. You're not, you know, you're not in the future, you're not in the past, you're now. You're in eternity, and eternity is now. So, Father, I pray, I pray that you would just give us all that revelation. Give, open our eyes and open our, our spiritual understanding to that, God. To where we can understand this better and walk in these things better. And, and more closely the way that you would have us to do that. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand up to our feet just a second. Just, 
And just with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's, here's my invitation. I just, if, if you need prayer this morning, if you need prayer this morning, I just want to invite you to come down and, and, and I want to pray for you, whatever, whatever the, the need may be. <clears throat> um, I, you know, there's times that all of us need prayer. There's times that all of us need somebody to stand in agreement with us. And, and, and I, I just, you know, if you're here this morning, maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you want to accept Him as your Savior. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but, you know, there's things that I just need, I need to, to get right. There's things that I need to, to get straightened out in my life. Or maybe you just say, Pastor, I'm facing this situation. I just need prayer. On any of those invitations, if anybody needs prayer, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. God loves you, and He's a good God. And, and he, he wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you be an overcomer. And in His eyes, you already are. Because God sees you, He sees you complete. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Anybody at all. All right. Y'all sit back down just for a second. Thank you for your attention today. Um, I just I was getting ready to dismiss you. I just about forgot we're going to receive an offering for Tajmir. And, uh, yeah, Stephen, if you'll bring those, we'll receive that. This, this offering here goes to help Tajmir go to the Dominican Republic on his first mission trip. I shared with you last week that, man, my, the first mission trip I took, uh, you know, man, it, it changed my life. It really did. It opened my eyes to so many things. And uh, so I encourage you if, you, want, if you want to plant good seed, there's a whole team of them going from uh, CSCL up in Comenius School of Creative Leadership. And uh, that's a ministry out of Morning, Morning Star University or Morning Star Church, uh, their high school uh, there up there in Fort Mill. And, um, you know, so, so if you want to support them, then, man, this is a great opportunity to sow some seed. And, uh, and all this money we'll, we'll put t- toward him, him going. And, uh, and so, let's, so I'm going to pray. I'm gonna, uh, we'll, we'll pray over the offering, and then we'll pray to dismiss as well. And then after the offering passes, then you, you're free to go. Remember... Um, Tonight, 6 p.m., we have the Super Bowl party. Come back and just enjoy. You don't have to stay the whole time, but just we have a great time. We like picking on each other and, and competing against each other or pulling against each other's teams and everything. And sounds like we had quite a few uh, Patriots fans, so we'll pray for y'all and uh, <clears throat> pray against y'all tonight, I should say. And, uh, you know, but, uh, but we, have, we, we always have a great time and uh, just have a good time watching it. Hopefully it's a good game and, and we have a good time just fellowshipping. So come back out tonight at 6 and we'll put them up on the big screens and, and watch and just enjoy enjoy uh, fellowship tonight. So let's hold our offering up, and then we're gonna we'll receive that, and then then, then you guys will be dismissed. So Father, we love you. We thank you for um, your goodness. Again, we thank you for the opportunity that Tajmir Father has to go to the DR, to the Dominican Republic, and we just pray blessings. We pray, Father, that this that the provision will be there to where Father he won't struggle to raise this money, but Lord that that uh, that that need will be met, and we Father we have the the great pleasure of sowing into that and father we pray that every seed that's sown father will be a seed that brings back a great harvest not only for tashmir and in in his time in the dr lord but it'll bring back a great harvest for all of us because we all get to be a part of what's going on on that mission trip lord and we'll all get the rewards for that because we're a part of it when we sow into it so father we thank you we become partners now father with this mission trip as we sow seed into it and we thank you for that father we pray blessings on each one as they give, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So at, uh, after you give, you're free to go, and uh, we'll see everybody tonight, and I'll see you at the back door. <laughs>